So today we have uh, the lovely Kerry Bailey chatting with us, who is one of our Calm Birth teachers, and he's going to talk to us about all things um, hypnobirthing and her journey and all of the things. Um, so Kerry um, has been a practicing nurse for 19 years and has been teaching with us since just before COVID in January 2020. Uh, she's a mum of two living in Cumbria and is about to move into a fancy barn conversion that her husband has made for them. So hello Kerry, uh, thank you for coming on today, it's lovely to have you. Thank you for having me. So what I love about our Calm Birth teachers is that everyone has really, really different journeys in how they've come to become hypnobirthing teachers. Um, so I love your story. So would you be happy to share how, how you came to become interested in hypnobirthing? What brought you to it? How did you get here? I got here after a five year struggle with secondary infertility. So we had um, one baby, he was, uh, was nine at the time when we had our second and we, we spent five years doing IVF and lots of different things and as you can imagine that was obviously quite quite stressful and the thing that got me through it was mindfulness and positive thinking and trying to work on myself so I felt a little bit more in control of our crazy journey and fast forward to the end of the five years and we were lucky enough with our fourth and final round of IVF to be blessed with um with a positive pregnancy test and um it just felt the right thing to do to to look into hypnobirthing for myself to get me through that next phase of our journey so I absolutely loved learning all about hypnobirthing and I absolutely loved having that that control and that kind of understanding of what was going on and I turned what was classed as a as a high risk pregnancy into the most amazing calm hypnobirthing water birth and literally breathed Bonnie into the world and just felt absolutely amazing and so proud of myself for um, achieving that after everything we've been through that it just I couldn't wait to, to find some way to kind of um, bottle that and share it with everybody so hence um then going on a mission to find out how I could train to be a hypnobirthing teacher and share um, share that knowledge with, with anybody who was willing to listen. <laughs> oh, it's lovely. I think it's one of, I think the, the common thread with all of our teachers is that the vast majority of them have experienced hypnobirthing themselves and just that passion to, to share it and to pass it on is just second to none. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's lovely. So you've been teaching for over a year. Yep. And what do you, what is your favourite thing about, about being a hypnobirthing teacher? I love being able to support couples through um, a really special time in their lives. And I really love the, the light bulb moment when, when we're kind of teaching and it suddenly just clicks for them. Mm. I love hypnobirthing for the kind of science and common sense approach and I love you know when you're teaching and they suddenly just go 
Oh, okay. And all those anxieties um, that they felt before suddenly disappear and they just have that switch and that much more positive mindset. And I love being able to see it on the faces as you're going through the, through the sessions. I find that really special. Mm. I also love hearing about the birth stories at the end. That's such a lovely part when they feel they can share their stories with us and listening to, to all the different journeys and the different birth stories and hearing how what we've taught them has helped even sometimes if things haven't perhaps gone um, exactly the way that they, they thought they might do to start with, but how they use everything that we've, we've taught them to, to come out the other side with a really positive um, experience. It always gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling when you get, um, when you get a birth announcement followed by, uh, by a, lovely, a lovely story. It makes you feel like you're, you're really doing something positive to empower these, these couples in their birth journeys. Oh, that's the best thing ever. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really interesting what you said about even if the journey hasn't been what they planned. I think that's such a key thing, isn't it? And that, you know, even when stuff has happened that they haven't been expecting, you've you've given them a way to to deal with that and to still come out of it feeling really positive. And I think that's just even more rewarding when you know that that could have been so different. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely feel like you've um, you've helped influence them in such a positive way to make decisions that are right for them and, and their and their baby. Even if, like you say, it it's kind of done a plot twist halfway through and gone a little bit a little bit different. It, it's about giving them the the confidence, isn't it, to mm. have a say in in, what, in how their birth goes. Yeah, I love that plot twist. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good way to describe it. <laughs> love it um so you've you've sort of done this at such an interesting time obviously you literally were the last group to train um before uh we were all scurried away into lockdown so the you know the majority of this has been in lockdown for you and the the families that you've been teaching have also been dealing with covid um so how do you feel COVID has impacted on those pregnant people? I think it's obviously added an extra layer of anxiety for, for mums and birth partners. I think when you listen to mums and, and what they say, I think sometimes it's take, they feel like it's perhaps taken the shine off a little bit, mm. not getting to enjoy the sort of wandering around with your bump and um going to all the baby groups and doing you know meeting new mums and doing um doing all those kind of things and then I know there was a period when COVID was was first um kicking off and we really weren't sure what was going on and people were worrying if they if they'd have to birth alone if birth partners would be allowed in people missing out on scans and things and I think the anxiety was just was just through the roof wasn't it mm. I do think as the year's gone on, that has settled a little bit. We, we know birth partners can be there. They've made arrangements for scans and things have sort of um, found their way over the, over the last part of the year, which is really, is really nice. But I, I think for a lot of mums, it, it's a year that they're not going to get back, isn't it? That's kind of just changed and, and that's that, which, it, which is quite sad um, in a lot of respects. And I think for new mums as well, you know, 
when we had our babies, the, the, the bundling them up and going to baby classes and meeting new moms and having a cup of tea and going, oh, I slept for three hours last night. What about you? And just that solidarity of knowing that other people are in the same boat. I think they've missed out on that bit. Yeah, and actually that's a really important part of it, isn't it? That support. Yeah, yeah, and family support, you know, not being able to have, you know, grandparents and, and people around for that for that support. It's tough, isn't it, with a newborn? And I think COVID's amplified that slightly. Mm. But I hope that mums take sort of something positive from it, that going forward for the next year, that you can embrace being able to be out a bit more and and what happened last year is such a small part of their lives and they're growing up that that hopefully it won't change anything too yeah. significantly and they can just enjoy from now kind of going forward yeah and they'll enjoy it even more I think um one of our teachers Kezia I don't know if you if you saw her saying this but she had a really interesting take on this so she has a lot she had a lockdown baby I think he may have been born in the March mm-hmm. and she had such an interesting view she said well actually her and her partner were just locked at locked down at home with this new baby they didn't have to worry about visitors they didn't have to worry about tidying up because people were popping in she could wander around with their boobs out and not have to worry about it and, and actually, they had a really special time. I mean, you know, her dad couldn't meet her son, I think, until he was, I think she said, nine months old. So that, you know, obviously that sucks. And there's, there's that side to it. But she did find that there were some positives, which I think, you know, are important to embrace as well, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Definitely. And I think there's a, there's a lot to be said for having a reason not to have visitors in the early yeah. days. <laughs> Definitely. I think we all feel obligated to open the front door when everybody wants to see the baby, don't we? And I think, um, yeah, in that sense, that's a really positive to have a nice excuse to just hunker down and just and get to know your new baby mm. as well, isn't it? And find out how they tick without all those other um, other interruptions it is definitely a positive to, to take yeah. from all the chaos. We know what mums are like. They'll be up and making cups of tea for everyone that comes to visit. Well, actually, they should just be cuddling their baby the cup of tea brought to them (laughs) yeah (laughs) so what would you say are your um top tips for people preparing for for specifically for for labor and birth what do you think are like the key one or two things that you would say if they do nothing else they should do this I just think that, that just prepare full stop I think that knowledge is it's power and that birth doesn't seem half as scary once you understand how your body and mind can work as a team mm-hmm. and yeah I just think on if you just understand you know, I always say to, to clients that you wouldn't take a driving test without having some driving lessons mm-hmm. so even if you if you just read around the subject and prepare yourself then you're not going into it completely blind mm. um which is which can only be a positive a positive thing yeah I think that's so important and it, it doesn't matter what what they can get their hands on or what they can get to or whatever but some form of of understanding of what is happening is super important isn't it 
Ideally, ideally hypnobirthing, obviously. Absolutely. <laughs> we'd, we'd ensure everybody had hypnobirthing if, um, if we could, absolutely. But, yeah, it, it just just preparing in, in mm. general is just um, such, a, such a good way to, to go forward into something like something like birth definitely do you think there is um a downside to over preparing as in people not necessarily taking courses but reading all the things reading too much I think sometimes if you um you could doctor google the life out of anything can't you Mm -hmm. and then I think it starts to get a bit confusing and things can contradict things and sometimes you're not always sure what the actual valid research is and what weight it has and if it's something that's going to be helpful you know if that's backed up by evidence and research or whether it's just somebody's opinion and I think that's the beauty of a hypnobirthing course with, with somebody like us is everything is evidence-based and researched and we're teaching you it because because it works mm. and it's it, it's the it's the kind of right package to provide you with everything that you need without you perhaps googling things and getting bogged down with things that might not necessarily be helpful or might contradict some of the other things you've read and then leave you just thinking at what what am I doing yeah <laughs> where am I at so I definitely think a course condenses um the knowledge that you need to know and helps keep you um on the right path with the with the learning definitely mm. I think a pregnant women can get so bombarded with information can't they and like you say, Dr. Google is a bit of a nightmare. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, I had a really honest client who I, I started working with this week and she was telling me, asking me questions because of things that she had seen on YouTube or she'd read on blog posts that were, in my opinion, you know, nonsense and actually really, really scary and not evidence-based at all and not based on anything that I could ascertain. Um like uh, workouts that are on um, YouTube, apparently, I'm going to investigate this, but um, to, to get you into labour. Yeah, that, Kerry okay, just pulled the face <laughs> that I pulled. Where, <laughs> that was my exact reaction, like, what? Um, and, you know, and, and it's not to, to fault, you know, pregnant people for seeking out information, absolutely seek out information, but I think it is, you have to be careful, don't you, and what what you're reading like you say it needs you need to try and make sure it's evidence-based otherwise you're just going to get overwhelmed and not know what's right and what's wrong but yeah that's we that's a whole nother <laughs> whole nother conversation um so what about um preparing for parenthood like if people are becoming parents for the well, particularly i guess for the first time what advice would you give them i always think that it's really important to know that we're all winging it mm-hmm. all of the time. Like none of us truly know. There is no manual. Every baby is different. And yeah, we're all just winging it. I mean, my eldest is coming up 12 and I'm still winging it. Yeah. <laughs> even with the older ones. Um, and I also think it's, it's important to remember that it's perfectly fine to absolutely love your baby but to also look at them as feel completely overwhelmed 
all a bit much today but that's normal we all think it we mm-hmm. all feel it and it doesn't make you any less of a parent because some of the days have been um a little bit overwhelming it's just part of parenting mm. and I think it's important to remember that because as human beings we always compare ourselves to the next person don't we yeah. we always think that somebody else is doing a better job or doing it differently in their ways right and I, I don't think that's the case with with parenting I think it's all instinct and you do you and what's right for your baby and don't put too much pressure on yourself because some days some days you might still be in your pyjamas at 3pm and might not have brushed your hair or your teeth. And then the next day you might be in Tesco at 9am with everybody dressed and organised and a full roast dinner on by lunchtime. <laughs> Those days are rare, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that's just how it goes, isn't it? And, yeah. and remember that your baby genuinely doesn't care which of those days you're having because they just idolise you and love you no matter no matter which of those days, because as long as their needs are being met and and you just show up, they're just happy that that you're their mum <laughs> and yeah. that they think you're doing an amazing job, whichever whichever way you look at it. So I think that, that's always worth remembering, particularly if you're having a day that's giving you a bit of a wobble, then um, we're all winging it. Yeah. Oh, forever. <laughs> forever and ever. Yeah, well, exactly. Forever and ever. Like you say, you've got a nearly 12-year-old and, yeah, we've got boys the same age, haven't we? And we have we've talked before about how I don't know what to do with the preteen boy like who knows we're winging it we're just and you know and you use your peers don't you to say well what's your 12 year old boy doing because mine's doing this oh that's normal then oh well that's okay and that's what you do with babies isn't it yeah absolutely just be open and honest and and the mum next to you will go oh thank god you've said that because I feel like that too and yeah because none of us know what we're doing. If only they did come with a manual. <laughs> it would be amazing, wouldn't it? It really Absolutely. would. Absolutely. My team couldn't have been any more, any more different as as babies. It's um even the, the same. You do everything the same. I don't think I've parented mm-hmm. any different, but the children couldn't be any different. So you it's feel amazing. like you're starting all over again, even when you've got one. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. And I think that's that's good advice for those who are expecting their second or, or subsequent babies, actually, as well because you think you know what you're doing because you've had one before but like every baby is different every birth is different yeah, yeah every baby yeah, is absolutely. different yeah yeah definitely yeah oh well so you um you're based in Cumbria but obviously at the moment we have the luxury of being able to teach people anywhere in the world mm-hmm. So if people wanted to get in touch with you, find out more about your classes, what would be the best way for them to do that? You can um, head to the website, which is www.beautifulburst, with a little hyphen between the beautiful and the burst, um, .co.uk. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram daily, so you can always um, hit me up with a direct message on, on there and yeah always happy to chat with anybody about um hypnobirthing so yeah contact me phone email however you like to communicate is always um always good with me oh perfect and failing all of that you are on the calm birth website as well of course people can find kerry on there too so yeah thank you so much kerry it's been really really lovely to chat to you today and uh, thanks for having me it's been great thank you all right you take care and you bye Bye.